Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men. We're your co-hosts. Jennifer L.W. Fink of buildingboys.net and Janet Allison of boysalive.com. My second son is about to graduate from high school, which means for this kid in a few short months, he is heading off to college, which is a big experience for him. And it is a big experience for me. The transition to college is huge. And that's why we are so happy to have Dr. Pamela Ellis with us today. Dr. Ellis is the author of What to Know Before They Go, and she's the founder of the Compass College Advisory. She helps families negotiate this transition, prepare for college, and get ready. Welcome, Pamela. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Jen. I appreciate being on the show and excited to talk with you. And also, I feel your pain in terms of the <laughs> graduating senior. I just hope that he doesn't have senioritis. Oh, he's had senioritis for many months already. Okay. <laughs> he's been done... He's been done with school for a good six yes. months already, as far as... Okay. Well, the end is near because he's graduating soon, and then it's just through the summer and all the joys of freshman year. But through the summer can be a challenge for both yes. graduated seniors and their parents. This is my second son mm -hmm. to go off to college. And so I've had yeah. you know friends go through this as well. Uh -huh. Talk a little bit about why that summer in between can be so challenging for families. I think it's the expectation for the unknown and really not knowing what to expect. Um, because there's so much already heightened anxiety and a lot of stress around the process. And then sometimes, you know, after graduation, it may feel a little bit anticlimactic. It's over and now what? And I'm going into a new place. And I think about it almost similar to freshman year of high school, because that can be such a tough year. And kids are, they're, they're new, they're trying to figure it out, get acclimated. And that cycle starts all over again once they are going to be a freshman in college. So I just think the summer leading up to it is going to be naturally very heightened with stress and butterflies and excitement as well around what is this going to be? And once I get there, am I going to make friends? And mm -hmm. what is it going to be like being away from home? And, you know, I think the interesting thing about it for parents is that we start to feel like, wow, my kid is really going away now. And what will I do? I mean, you still have two more at home. But I know for me with my first, when he went away, I was just like, oh my God, I, I can't believe it. What am I going to do with myself? Yeah. I still had two others, but you know, it was something about him going away. And I was just like, well, you know something? I'm going to see you every month. <laughs> Once a month, I'm going to make sure I see you. And he's a junior now, and I still see him every month. 
And oh, I, yeah. I don't know what it is. <laughs> It seems like there's some conflict too, because on the one hand, you know, high school graduation and we're celebrating these children and they Mm -hmm. are ready to take those next steps, go out into the world, be independent. You're an adult now. And then there's that summer where a lot of us are like, Hey, Hey, you're still under our roof. And that can create conflict as well. Yes. 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 Oh, I think so. Definitely. Well, you know, one interesting thing I'll say with my sons in terms of that summer before going away, neither of them drove. They hadn't started driving yet. And so they were still under my rules from the standpoint of they knew that I didn't want them riding in the car with other teens. And so they didn't have that same uh, independence. And they needed you. Yes, exactly. That their (laughs) friends had. And so that was also kind of an interesting dynamic because certainly there's that feeling that once you graduated from high school that you're grown, you Mm -hmm. know? (laughs) Or, you know, six months before you graduate from college in the case of my pretty sure he's a grown child. Uh, High school, Jen. High school. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes, high school. Not college yet. Just high school. Holy cow. Yeah. You know, the other thing that strikes families and moms in particular, as we start approaching the end of high school, whether your kid is going to college or entering the military, going out into the world, suddenly we start thinking, did we teach them everything they need to know? Have we prepared them to go out into the world? Give us some feedback on that, both as a mom who's lived it and as a mom who helps families prepare for college? All I can say is that at that point, you have to rest in the assurance that, yes, you have done the right thing. You have done right by them. And letting them go out into the world and do the things that they want to do, pursue their dreams, I think, yes, that is, you've done right by them just with that alone. The fact that they do have the courage to leave home suggests that, yes, you have done right by them. Because I just feel like as parents, as moms especially, you know, oftentimes we're second-guessing. And that doesn't change whether it's the second, the third, or the fourth, because each child is different. And so you're going to feel like there's something that you could have done differently and all of that. And you just have to rest in that assurance and confidence that, yeah, I've done the right thing because they're able to go out and pursue what they want to do and feel that I'm, and know that I'm still supporting them with that. And that's Mm -hmm. the best thing we can do. I want to chime in here because I have the perspective of having a 33-year-old and a 30-year-old who Uh have gone through college. My youngest went to West Africa to the Peace Corps for two years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you think that your mother heart is going to break. You are not going to be able to imagine having these children gone. And yet there's this place where... Dear moms whose hearts are breaking right now, it's like you have you have to divide it and keep yeah. some of that for your husband and your girlfriends yeah. and that pain of yeah. separation and that just abundant love and you want to hold on as tight as you can. <laughs> and this is not a time to burden your children with that. Right. They right. are ready to fly and you mm-hmm. want them to. You do not want yeah. them to be home on the couch. Right. And so some of that emotion is yeah. for you. 
and for your girlfriends. And Mm -hmm. so separate that out and keep that face to your kids of your support and your encouragement and having those daughters that are 33 and 30 and live far Mm -hmm. away from me. I will tell you that that kind of empty nest feeling never goes away. You will always miss them. And yet there is that place of just pride and joy and Mm -hmm. just wonder and awe at how they are doing their life. And so, you know, you can stand back and be proud and you still miss them. Yes. Bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. Still do. Still do. Yeah. I, I appreciate that, Janet. That's really good. Really good. And I think it's important to, I don't ever want to be uh, an emotional burden, you know, on my kids in terms of letting them know how much I worry about them or concerned about them. Just this morning, I got a text from my son because he's in India and it's his first oh. time in that country. And he's planning to go to an ashram <laughs> for, you know, like a week or so and just, you know, plant food and do that kind of thing. And it's just like, you know, yeah, I'm concerned. I've been thinking about it, but I'm just like, you know, I just want him to know that I support, you know, what he wants to do and I want him to see the world. And I don't want to put that burden on him of knowing, you know, how much I worry because right. I, I know that they sense that. And I don't want it to stifle him in any way. I just want him to, you know, know that, yeah, you know, this, that's a great idea. And I'm encouraging and supporting you however you need my support. And you're going you're gonna to have a great time. You're going to have a wonderful time and meet some great people and not even bring up anything crazy I'm thinking about. <laughs> not with right. him. That's for your friends yeah. later. Because I'm thinking, what? You know? <laughs> yeah. I want to kind of bring it back to mm-hmm. the practical realities. I was looking okay. at your website and you've got strategies for middle schoolers, What thinking ahead. And so I want to make sure that we touch into all of that because not all of us have graduating seniors, but we're still thinking about what's ahead. And also alongside of that, how is your work with boys, many boys, especially who maybe don't think they want to go to college or might be more directing towards a trade? And so I'm curious about how you work with families in the different age groups and then also the different interests that they have. So a couple of things I'll say just in terms of my work and how I work uh, with families. So I work with families either privately or through schools. And when I'm working with them through schools, that's when I will meet young men who are interested in other areas aside from going to college. Because by the way, I don't think that college is for everybody. I think that students can do a whole range of things after they finish high school. And so it's not necessarily that they only have to look at a four-year college or university. And so with that said, uh, when I'm working with schools, that's when I do connect with those young men and talk with them about the things that they want to do after high school. One of the things that I think is really important, whether it's working at the school level or working with the family directly, is that there's some type of uh, interest inventories or assessments that are done in those early years, like around eighth, ninth grade 
or at least by 10th grade so that kids kind of get a sense for who they are and what they're interested in. Because I think at those young ages, oftentimes it's so much about what their parents want for them, but not necessarily what they want for themselves. And I think it's, you know, it's important to ask the question, they do say they want to go to college. Why? You know, why do you want to go to college? What is it you want to get out of college? And just even answering that initial, those initial questions can help them with making a decision around what their path is going to be through high school. Either way, when I'm working with, whether it's with the school and connecting with families or working with families privately, it's all about what should be done in that school year to really make the most of high school. Um, Because oftentimes, you know, and I was one of those kids who kind of, you know, wandered through high school in so many ways. And I thought it was awful. I hated high school. (laughs) I didn't want that for my kids. I don't want that for any kid. (laughs) I want them to enjoy that time because they never get it back again. But as a teenager, do you ever really think of that? You don't think, you know, oh, this is once in a lifetime and I need to enjoy it. I mean, you're worried about your peers or other things and not really thinking about it in that way. So I really focus on making the most of those years. You know, like for middle school, it's really about developing your social skills, starting to be independent from your parents, but doing it in a way that's safe, doing it in a way that still allows you to explore and academically taking those classes that really position you to have options Mm. And once you finished high school, and that can be just as simple as the writing, the reading that you're doing throughout the years, I always encourage students reading for pleasure. And it's not about just only reading what you have in school or checking a box, but reading for pleasure and just enjoying that reading, taking time for yourself and being able to be by yourself, I think is important to nurture. And sometimes that means, you know, limiting screen time. I mean, that's something I talk a lot about with middle school parents is setting those controls or limitations in earlier on. Because once they're in high school, then, you know, it's a little bit harder to say, don't use the Xbox. For me, when my boys were in their middle years, all of their friends had it, but they didn't have any gaming system at all. And I could do that <laughs> as they were it was easier. Yeah, <laughs> It was much easier. That became the norm to not have one. To this day, they really aren't into gaming. They're not really into their screens. And I think, you know, a lot of that's because they didn't have it when they were younger. For ninth grade, 10th, 11th, and 12th, it's always one of those things that are important for kids to do in that year. And I have a full curriculum that's pretty much based along what is in the book. As far as grade by grade, here are the things, you know, to help your team with making the most of high school and positioning them to be college ready and to be able to go to college, transition to college, a college that they thrive in because it's a good fit for them. And so it's self-awareness. It's a lot of those personal things, learning self-advocacy and really just kind of knowing what things they want to do. And I really stress that kids, that it's the team that owns the process, not the parents. And that sometimes can be a hard, difficult uh, conversation to have 
because parents do want to be in control. You know, a lot of times I find that the kid also wants to have a sense of control. Can we talk about that a little bit? Because I think that is such a common struggle throughout parenting. Obviously, as adults, we have the benefit of years experience that our children don't yet have. Our children know themselves in a way that we never will. So trying to find a way to, you know, support your child in what they want to do while you're over here as the adult going, yeah, but have you thought about this? Or maybe you should take this class so that opportunity stays open. That can be really challenging on the, those right. years in high school. How can it, families navigate that productively? You know, I think they can navigate that productively by getting help from a third party. And I say that in terms of it could be a teacher, it could be the school counselor, another mentor, a coach in the community that the kid is also connected with. And I say that because kids hear things differently from their parents than they do from a third party. That's true. I mean, we always know that. And especially around something like that. I mean, yeah, it's great because later on, yes, they will remember, you know, that you supported them or that you said something that they thought was crazy at the time. (laughs) But while they're going through it and through those teen years, I think if there is some type of, you know, um, you know, backlash where they are resistant and wanting to do it on their own. I would just say talking with their teacher to get their teacher support or their coach, if they, you know, respect that coach, getting their um, support, because they could say the same thing that you're saying, but somehow it just sounds totally different when they say it than when you say it as a parent. (laughs) They get so used to tuning us out and like, it's almost like they automatically push aside our opinion. But if the coach says it, Yes. It's like, what? Really? I should do that? You know, I've heard, had that happen so many times. I had this one kid, I started working with his family when he was in ninth grade and he just, he did not want to read. He actually told me he hated reading it. I'm like, what? (laughs) You know, how could you dare say that? And his mom couldn't get him to read and she would always be on him or buying books and giving them to him. And I said it to him and it was kind of like, oh, yeah, I will. And I was just like, you know, it can be a magazine, whatever. Just find something you like. So over the holidays, he found a lacrosse magazine. He said, I I read it, Dr. Pamela. And it's like, great. So it took a couple of years, but somehow, you know, just talking about it with him, you know, and I'm not his mom. Mm -hmm. It was a different conversation about reading than when his mom was nagging him about it. So, because that's the way he perceived it, as she was nagging him. Yeah. But we're just talking about it in terms of, you know, this can help you with your college application essays. That's kind of how I talked about it. He loves reading now. He found, he found the Elon Musk book and thought that book was great. And he was like, I read it in a week. And this is a 600-page book. I'm like, what? You did? And, and a <laughs> child who told you he hated reading. Yes, Exactly. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. Babies need to eat. And whether you breastfeed or bottle feed, use formula, combine all of the above, you need options. We wanted to let you know about By Heart Baby Formula. By Heart has a patented protein blend that gets the closest to breast milk. 
It includes two of the most abundant proteins in breast milk. And Byheart actually ran a clinical trial comparing their formula to a leading infant formula and proved that babies on Byheart have softer poops, less spit up, and easier digestion. Byheart is also the only U.S. made infant formula to use organic grass-fed whole milk. So if you need baby formula for your baby, consider Byheart. New customers can get 10% off your first order by using code ONBOYS at byheart.com. That's B-Y-H-E-A-R-T dot com slash podcast. And it is 10% off your first order. Byheart.com slash podcast. This is a limited time offer and additional terms and conditions may apply. One of the most challenging things about being a woman at midlife is realizing how little people understand about perimenopause and menopause, Janet. I just had a conversation with my sister about that this weekend. She is 10 years younger than me, so I'm 51, she's 41, and she went to ask her healthcare provider, hey, can you provide me some information? And she got information, but she was frustrated by how incomplete it seems, how little we know, and how for way too many people, the answer seems to be, yep, that's the way it is. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. Deal with it. And not only are our mamas out there having to deal with perimenopause, likely at this age, but many of our moms are dealing with their sons entering or in puberty, which is kind of nature's irony, which is, oof. Cruel joke, Janet. Cruel joke. Cruel joke. Thankfully, thankfully, increasingly, there are those who are recognizing that women need and deserve competent care and treatment for perimenopause and menopausal symptoms. And we know that can still be harder to access than it should be, which is why we have partnered with Winona. Winona helps women who are dealing with menopause or perimenopause. Winona is a collection of OBGYN health professionals who believe that your symptoms are important, real, and deserve to be taken seriously. Telehealth, you can access care from your home when it is convenient for you. Visit buywinona.com today to start your free visit with free U.S. shipping and the ability to pause or cancel at any time. Your path to wellness has zero obligations. Use the code ONBOYS at buywinona.com for 25% off your first order. That's B-Y-W-I-N-O-N-A.com slash ONBOYS. Winona, menopause care made easy. So I just think they just hear things differently from a third party than they do from their parents, and especially through the teen years, especially through the teen years. How can parents support their kids and their um, growing towards and preparing for college, if that's where they're headed, without putting too much pressure on the whole thing. We've heard so many stories anecdotally from families and in the media that this whole preparing for college thing has become a high pressure uh, situation that's Mm -hmm. just creating all of this angst. And I know, I can tell that's not what you're about. Right. 
Right. I think giving the child ownership actually takes away some of that stress for sure. I actually think focusing more on the kid in terms of what they want and really, you know, helping them do that self-discovery, putting the time into that takes away some of the stress. More importantly, I would say not talking about or not, not, not necessarily not talking about, but not visiting colleges too early. Because I think that that adds a lot of stress. I was, uh, I met this dad. His daughter was in ninth grade at the time. And when they came to meet with me, she had already visited about 25 colleges. And I just thought, what? The thing about it is what I find when families are starting to visit colleges early, they always go to the most selective colleges. And right away, that adds pressure that this is the kind of college that we want you to go to. And the first college that she had actually visited was Princeton. So what does that mean? By the time she's in junior year and it's time to visit colleges, she's burned out. What Uh, would be an appropriate time to start college visits? End of sophomore year. End of sophomore year? Yeah, because that's when it starts to become more relevant and meaningful in terms of why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And also, too, kids kind of know, you know, what their um, grade point average is, their test score. They kind of have a sense for that end of sophomore year, beginning of junior year. And that's when it makes sense, I think, mm-hmm. to, you know, start exploring. Because then it's not about the college. It's about the kid. Because you've already put in the time in terms of them getting to know or even thinking about what kind of college they want to visit. And they have more ownership as well by then. And so if you say, okay, well, which colleges, you know, would you like to visit? If they only say one, it's like, well, how about a college that's this size as well? Or if there's, they're in a city and we can visit some other two or three others in this town for you to, you know, take a look at, then that makes it more about them and not just about that college and what Mm -hmm. that college wants. So speaking of Princeton and other colleges, I would like to hear your thoughts around cost. And also, is it possible to get through college without a huge debt? Absolutely. And because you did mention Princeton, Princeton is one of those colleges that doesn't offer student loans. And there are other colleges that have no loans as well. And I, I don't, there's, well, here's the good news that a lot of families don't know is that nationally only 20% of families are full pay. And so, you know, there's a strong chance that you're going to be in that 80% Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's not full pay. But the thing about it is it's still about fit. And if you're looking at colleges based on fit, then that changes that whole conversation around, you know, it being too much. And I think that looking at it in terms of different locations, looking at just, you know, how that college is a good fit for you and knowing that, then 
you do not have to pay in full for college. And in many cases, not have to take out any loans or at least, you know, a small amount. Like for my oldest, his total loan bill, uh, he's a junior at Georgetown. I think it's going to be probably about 8000 That's doable. Um, yes. That to me, I think is doable. When I finished college, I finished with 10000 And I think it's important to let families know it is not only okay, but a really good idea to consider your family circumstances and to consider your finances when talking about fit. It is. And I'm glad you said that, Jen. That goes into the four areas of fit that I talk about in the book. One is the academic fit, which is around the curriculum and programming that the colleges offer. The social fit, like where can you find your people? What's the culture like? And then the third area of fit is the financial fit. Because there are colleges that offer all types of scholarships for students. And generally, the most money you'll receive, the largest portion will come directly from the colleges. It could be things like um, there are some colleges that will offer research scholarships. So if you're willing to do research with a professor, that will cover tuition for four years. You know, So it's those types of different scholarships that are offered out there that make a a big difference. And that's part of that financial fit. And you can see all of this information on their websites in terms of what they offer. So it's not a mystery at all. And then the fourth area of fit that I talk about is the vocational fit. So like, what is it that you want to do after college and how that makes the difference? And when you're looking at in terms of those four areas of fit, You know, that helps with being in a situation where you do have scholarships, you do have options that, you know, are available to you when you graduate so that you're not stuck with a $50,000 bill. I'm curious what your thoughts are on gap years. I love them. I wish I had taken one. (laughs) I do. I wish I had taken a gap year because I so needed it. And I find that a lot of times students don't really consider it. It's such a great idea. I've had several of my students who've done gap years, and all of them male. One of the kids, he was just like, you know, Dr. Pamela, I'm not ready. He knew he wasn't ready. His parents knew he wasn't ready. He did a gap year where he did a travel experience in different countries and worked um, doing volunteer work. And I, you know, talked with his mom. I met with her right after he had left for his gap year trip. And she said it was the best thing that ever happened to him. And he had just sent her an email that morning talking about his experience of milking cows in India. It's so interesting that you said the ones you've worked with have all been male. Um, We just did a podcast. I think it just went out um, Uh very recently about, you know, when will he ever grow up? And there are differences in the brain development and emotional development trajectories of Mm -hmm. boys and girls. And so some boys need longer to be ready. They do. I think it's such a great opportunity because you really don't get that chance any other time, Mm -hmm. you know, to just take that time and, you know, get in touch with who you are, do something that you want to experience before going into another 
high pressure cooker kind of situation. Some of these kids have come from, you know, really demanding high schools and stressed out all the time to take that year off and to be able to do some some kind of experience that you want to do. And maybe it's working. There's AmeriCorps that has a number of great opportunities. With my students, what I do is I put together, I curate a list of gap year programs for them to consider. Oh. And um, this one young man, he was outdoorsy, had done the Appalachian Trail. And the National Parks, from what I recall, had a great gap year program where you would live in a national park. And it was like a park ranger role. Yeah. You know, so something like that. I mean, there's so many opportunities like that that are available that I want kids to know about, to take advantage of and not feel like there's some kind of stigma attached because they don't go to college right away. And I'll go back to Janet earlier who mentioned Princeton. Princeton actually has a built-in gap year you know, where students can opt to do a gap year before coming. And mm. it's interesting because that's been something in the making for a long time. When I was looking at colleges, I had talked with Princeton and that was their recommendation for me was to consider a gap year. And I thought, no, I'm going now. I'm grown. <laughs> I was just in a hurry to go. I love gap years and I just wish more students took advantage of it and knew all the different opportunities out there. And it's not just one type of path for gap year. It's whatever kind of experience you want to have, it's there. Sounds like that's one of the benefits of working with you or somebody like you is that because you do what you do, you know a lot more about the resources and breadth of opportunities out there than I do. This is not the world I live in. Right, right. I do this all day, every day. Yeah. <laughs> I love doing this. Uh, I feel like this is my calling. And so, yeah, that's definitely a benefit. And really just saving families time, saving the money. And I would say saving the relationship because, mm. you know, the whole college process can be so stressful. What parents end up doing when they're trying to be the college counselor for their kid It's just a lot of arguing and fights about visiting or doing whatever. And God forbid you try to help your kid with their writing, their essay, and it becomes your essay. It's like, no, no, you know. So it's just a lot of fighting and you want to enjoy that time. I mean, the best compliment, you know, I get from parents is when they say, you know, I can just be mom, you know, I can just be mom. How can families find a reliable, trustworthy counselor to guide them through this process. We've seen some headlines that there's some awfully shady people out there. Yes. That's not what we're looking for. So how can we find- That's not what you're looking for. No. How can we find you and people like you? I'll give you both in terms of connecting. You can find me through my website. And I have a webinar that I just did recently called How to Find the Right College. And it's just a training for parents in terms of how to find a college, you know, for their kid. Cause there are many parents who are doing it for themselves and need some guidance around doing that because I vet a lot of colleges. It's like, you can't, you don't really have the time to do that. The other way I would say is contacting IECAonline.com. That's a national organization that 
consultants like myself are part of who agree to abide by ethical standards and guidelines. And as part of, you know, an IECA, IECA member, you know, we're vetted through the organization and work with families. We focus on fit. So it's not about trying to package or angle key it for one college at all. And mm-hmm. so those would be the two ways. Um, We're going to put yeah. links to all of that in the show notes. So you'll be able yes. to find them there. We'll put a link to your book as well. I'm sure that'll be a great resource for people. Yes. What would be, if you could, three words of advice, three words of advice for mm-hmm. parents to keep in mind as they are raising their children through high school, getting them ready for the next step, three words that might keep them on track and centered and have this not turn into a relationship destroying time in their life? Three words. Trust your teen. Ooh, that's good. That's it. That's what I would say. Nice. Of course, that's one of the hardest things for parents to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you almost have to keep coming back to it Mm -hmm. over and over. You do. Remind yourself. Yeah. Write it down come back to it, re-listen to this podcast episode, trust Mm -hmm. your team. And contact you or someone like you. There's lots of resources out there. A lot of resources out there. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. This was so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. Thank you. This is usually the most fun we have during the day as well. Thanks for joining us. You can find the show notes for this episode at onboyspodcast.com. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. If you like what you hear, please share this podcast with your friends and even your community groups and schools will benefit from knowing about this resource. We are Jennifer L.W. Fink and Janet Allison, and we are here to support you in parenting and teaching tomorrow's men. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.